Oh, you boys, they my brothers, they my friends. Yeah. I let Coach Sumlin, yeah. I let the stoop. The entire first half, we got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money, and all we wanted to do was have pouty expressions on our face. Hello and welcome to the Around the Twelve podcast. My name is Tanner Price and I am not joined by my co-host Greg Hockert this week. Greg is a tad bit busy. Uh, His brother is going and moving into Oklahoma State this week. He's moving into his house this week. It's it's a busy week for him and his wife. So uh, Greg decided to take this week off. But alas, here I am. Uh, maybe your favorite podcast host, maybe your favorite, your second favorite podcast host, depending on where you rank Greg or I. Um, but the last episode that I did solo, I don't know, I, I felt like I wasn't as prepared. Um, so this week I decided to be a little bit more prepared. So I put out on some socials, uh, I put out in some uh, group chats that I'm in with some friends and asked for some questions. Ba- essentially, this is a mailbag episode. Um, I don't know how long it'll go. We, we have about 10-ish questions, um, depending on how long my answers are. I guess we'll see how long this goes. But I'm kind of excited to do this. I think it's going to be fun. There's definitely some subjectivity to my answers to some of these questions. But um, yeah, and one of these questions I will give uh, Greg time to respond next week because one of them is one of the questions is directly uh, related to him and I and so I think that'll be a fun one as well but let's get into it um, my my lovely wife Julia asked what what's the best big 12 game day atmosphere um, if I were drinking orange kool-aid I would say Oklahoma State but if I'm being honest, and if I'm going off of other experts who have been to uh, more game days than I have, I have uh, I've made a top three instead of being able to pick one just because, like I said, I haven't been to every uh, game day in the Big 12. I've been to Oklahoma State, obviously. I've been to Texas. I've been to Colorado as well. I'm including uh, the four corner schools and the four new additions in this, in this list. But my... Top three game day atmospheres in the Big 12. Number one is Morgantown. Um, from what I've heard, it is just an absolutely electric atmosphere before the game. Lots of tailgating, lots of food, lots of drinks. Um, it seems like a really good time out there. I'm sure that they, being in the uh, the Eastern time zone, they also start quite a bit earlier than the rest of the conference. So they get up and going early, and I've heard a lot of great things about Morgantown's game day atmosphere. Then, number two, I'm going to go with Ames, uh, Iowa State. They are just known for, even when they don't have the best football team, uh, they are known for having a great crowd and a great fan base. Um, everybody talks about the bridge. I I have been on Iowa State's campus. I haven't walked across the bridge, uh, sadly, but I'm going to rank them at number two. And then number three, I'm going to put K-State. K-State, um, honestly, I think the there's a lot of similarities between Morgantown, Ames, and Manhattan. Um, great places. Not not a ton to do there. There's not mountains. Well, I guess there are some in Morgantown, uh, but there's no beaches. Uh, really, it's it's kind of a blue, more blue-collar area, and so people love to get riled up for football, and I love that as well. And so I think, I think K-State, 
kind of goes along with with Ames, but I think the hype around Iowa State is a little bit more so. Um, so that is my top three. I have West Virginia, Iowa State, and Kansas State. Hopefully, hopefully somebody agrees with me on this. Maybe not, but that's okay. Now we have two questions from um, an anonymous. Uh, question asker i don't know <laughs> i don't know how to how to phrase that but what <clears throat> the first question that they asked is best college town in the big 12 and this is where i'm going to be drinking my orange kool-aid Stillwater is a fantastic absolutely fantastic college town i spent six years there um some of the best years of my life it is just a great place to live um sure there could be some some uh more amenities but you will never you will never be bored with a weekend in Stillwater. There's always something to do. Um, now, I do have to say some people might might not like this that I didn't include places like uh, UT, OU, CU, uh, Utah. Um, they're located in big cities. I'm not I'm not going to consider Austin, Norman, Boulder, or Salt Lake City college towns because that's if there's if there's more going on there than just the university, then I'm I'm just gonna exclude those right away. I'll also throw UCF in there. That's Orlando. <laughs> there's obviously a lot more to do than than uh, hang around UCF in Orlando. Um, but yeah, Stillwater is gonna be my number one. Second, I'm gonna go with Manhattan. Wow, Kansas State shows up on on uh, the best parts of the Big Twelve once again. Um, Manhattan gives I I haven't spent a ton of time in Manhattan I've I've driven through once or twice but um, it gives me very a very similar vibe or feel to that of Stillwater and then number three I'm also going to go with Ames so second time both Kansas State and Iowa State end up on these questions um, once again very very similar feel to that of Stillwater but this is where my bias comes in and I will pick Stillwater over any college town in the Big Twelve. All right, the second anonymous question is the best campus in the Big 12. So I once again created a, a top three because it's it's hard to pick. But um, this might be a surprise for some people. But with my number one, I went with Arizona. Now, I don't know how many people have been to Tucson. Um, but it is it, the campus itself is absolutely incredible. There's some mountains nearby. You have palm trees lining lining the entrance to the campus there's just it's just absolutely beautiful landscaping pretty nice buildings fairly new buildings um it's it's a great great campus um and then i'm gonna go with texas texas they they got basic they have basically all the money in the world so why not have very nice buildings um the clock tower is probably the main staple on their campus but also you have a brand new basketball center you have uh memorials uh yeah dkr uh, Memorial Stadium. It is just it's 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 a sight to sight to behold, and they have they have really really beautiful buildings on campus as well. And then I'm staying in Texas for the third one. I'm going with Baylor. Uh, there's there's a lot of money at Baylor, and so like Texas, they're also to be, they're also able to build really beautiful buildings. I don't know if anybody has seen uh, the inside of their library, but it's it's gorgeous. There's gold lining the ceilings. It's it's just it's a really beautiful campus. Um, 
So that will be all for the 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 best in the Big 12 questions. I'm sure some of our listeners might disagree with me, and that's okay. Like I said before, these are all super subject. Well, not all of them, but these are pretty subjective questions, at least at the beginning. Um, now, Greg and I, one of Greg and I's friends, Michael Morrissey, I'll give him a shout out, a uh, friend of the podcast. He asked a question. It's it was more of an open ended question. The question is, who would win in a one v one? To me, this I could take this so many, so many different ways. Um, I mean, you could you could put us in an Oklahoma drill. Uh, Greg is definitely stronger than I am, but I have a little more weight on Greg, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give myself the edge there just because I got a little more weight than Greg does. Um, but he could overpower me. I, maybe we'll we'll have to do this in a video and uh, uh, see see what actually happens. Um, Greg and I also love basketball, one-on-one in basketball. Um, I'm going to say I'm a slightly better shooter than Greg, but Greg's definitely a better finisher than I am. So it depends on how tightly contested we're playing defense. Um, but you know what? I'm, I'm going to give Greg the edge on that one. Greg is just a, a good solid ball player. Um, I could also go video games. And depending on the video game, I would take the dub, or Greg would take the dub. If it's if it's anything to do with a football video game, that's all Greg. Greg is Greg is very very good uh, with football in general. His knowledge of the game is is pretty is definitely better than mine. Um, but basically any other any other game, that's that's all me. So I'll, I'll that's that's the question I said earlier. I'll I'll let Greg respond to next week uh, when we start off the podcast because I'm interested to hear his answers. Um, and he also doesn't have to keep it in the same realms that I did. But we'll we'll see what he has to say. Then uh, former guests of the podcast, Michael Zeman. Uh, some of you may know him from uh, one of our earlier episodes in uh, this year. He asked, "Does CU's move to the Big Twelve keep Prime in Boulder for longer?" For those of you who don't know, Prime is uh, Coach Deion Sanders. He's the newly hired coach at Colorado. Um, or do you think Michael's question continues? Or do you think after a couple of years he will look for a higher profile program? So my answer to this is it depends. I mean, that like we said last week with our, uh, with our guests from the Folsom Frenzy podcast, their current win total is projected at three and a half this year. Um, this this is kind of an experiment with Coach Prime. It's uh, it could go down as one of the worst coaching hires ever, um, but it also could be a great success for CU. Um, I I think it really depends. So if they if they have a couple of really good seasons right off the bat, if they come in the Big Twelve, uh, win the conference their first one or two years. Uh, after joining, I, I could see him maybe getting hired somewhere else. Um, but he he seems to be really loving Boulder, and so if they do really well, he might want to stay. But, um, I yeah, like I said before, I think it really just depends on how well they play. Um, also, like, like I said, he could get fired. Um, they could be really bad, and he could be fired after one or two years, and that's that. But I, I think it's more likely that he stays for a long time or that he leaves to go find a better, uh, or not a, necessarily a better job, but a, a coaching job at a bigger school. Uh, I could I could definitely see that happening, especially if he wanted to move uh, somewhere closer to F- Florida or be in Florida. That would be something that I could see happening. 
Now, I'm down to my last three questions, and I know I've kind of flown through this, but being without Greg is kind of a little bit difficult to host a podcast. I'm not going to lie. I I enjoy having Greg on the podcast. Um, But friend of the podcast, Joe Golter, asked me three questions. One of them is a little ridiculous, and I'll just go out. I'll just outright say it. Joe, that was one of the most ridiculous questions I've ever heard asked to me. He said, will OSU continue to be bottom feeders now that they are more slightly below average, now that there are more slightly below average schools joining the Big 12? Uh, Joe, I would say over the last decade, Oklahoma State has been top 10 in winning percentage uh, across all FBS schools. So you better check your facts there, buddy. Um, yeah, I just had to get that one out of the way. But Joe does ask two more serious questions. He says, is NIL clout directly correlated to how teams will succeed? I'm going to say yes and no. So let's let's think about this. Uh, NIL, name, image, and likeness, where the players can be paid for um, basic... Uh, the NCAA doesn't really have any defined rules on this, so I'm going to say they can be paid for basically anything. Um Let's think about this. Uh, who had the best recruiting class either last year or the year before? Texas A&M. Did they win any national championships? No. Did they even have a 10-win season? No. Um, it, it really depends. Sure, you can have all the money in the world, Texas A&M, Texas, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have a successful football program. But on the other hand, you have schools like Alabama, where honestly, the rich keep getting richer. You have Georgia. Kirby Smart is a great coach, but also they have money to be able to pay their players so then they can get better recruits because those recruits also want money coming out of high school so or in the transfer portal. So it, it really depends. Yes, you can pay the best players a lot of money, but if the coaches don't put them in the right position to make the plays, then no, they're not, they're not, it's not directly correlated to whether a team will succeed or not, depending on how much money. Um, but on the other hand, you have schools like Oklahoma State who, in all, in all honesty, uh, Oklahoma State's NIL program is f- far behind. And honest, in the amenities of the school uh, for athletes, I'm not going to say for all the students because all the students, the amenities are great. But for the athletes compared to other athletic programs, I would say Oklahoma State is lacking there. Um, but like I mentioned before, Oklahoma State has consistently been in the top 25 in the last decade. So there is some some give and take there. It's, it's not uh, black and white. There's definitely some gray area there. And then the final question of today's podcast, I know we're a little short, but like I said, uh, not having Greg to banter back and forth with is a little difficult. Uh, Joe, Joe's last question is, how will Keaton Slovis perform in a new conference? So for those of you who don't know or, aren't, or are not familiar with BYU football, Keaton Slovis uh, is the new quarterback for BYU this year. He transferred in from Pitt, but previously he played three years at USC. His, fr- his freshman year at USC was was actually – he was very good. He played in 12 games. He had like 3,500 passing yards. Um, he had, I want to say, 20-plus touchdowns and less than 10 interceptions. He, he had a really, really great freshman year. And then his following two years at USC uh, was just a steady decline. And same with his single year at Pitt last year was a steady decline even from uh, his time at USC where eventually his um, 
his touchdown to interception ratio or touchdown to turnover ratio was just above one, whereas his freshman year it was about three point three three. So that's that's a that's a drastic change in your performance and your ability to uh, make your team better on the field. So it, I think it really depends on how well he'll do. And honestly, going from the Pac-12 to the ACC and now to the Big 12, it it, it kind of just depends. Are, are we getting freshman Slovis or are we getting senior Slovis? Granted, this is his grad transfer year, so he's got he's got a lot of maturity, hopefully a lot of maturity. He has a lot of experience playing four years at the division one level so if you're if you're a byu fan you hope you're, you're thinking to yourself okay let's i hope this guy is very similar to the version that he was um at usc his freshman year but that that's yet to be seen i think that he's going to be somewhere where he was his sophomore and junior year when his touchdown to turnover ratio was about two he threw for about 25 to 2700 yards so still still a solid Solid year from a quarterback, but definitely not, uh, definitely not top of the line quarterback. But obviously, it's a new season. It's it's an it's a fresh start, fresh place for him, a uh, new coach for him. It's I'm I'm gonna be interested to see how he does, and honestly, just generally how the new the new additions to the Big Twelve how they all perform in their first year. Granted, there is a lot of turnover at places at a place like Cincinnati, where their old head coach Luke Fickle moved on to Wisconsin. So there will be a lot of changeover there. Um, BYU coming in from independent, yes, they they have been playing really good schools, but they're also really they have shown to be inconsistent in the past. Excuse me. So yeah, I, it's really just going to come down to what happens this year. I do think that all four of the new additions to the Big 12 might end up on at the lower half of the conference. They might make up <laughs> spots 14 through 10. But my my estimation is that uh, a school like UCF or BYU will finish around that anywhere from 7 to 10 mark within the conference. But just to, just to finish this podcast out, um, you guys, this, this pod, I'm recording this podcast on Tuesday, August 15th. It's going to drop on thursday august 17th we are a week and a half away from football i think who okay hold on pause while i look up some schedules um i believe the first game of the big 12 is ucf playing against kent state which is on august 31st on a Thursday night, I will definitely be tuning into that game to see uh, to see what UCF looks like. I know they'll be playing against a le- lesser Kent State, but Kent State's also not bad. They're not a good. They're not a bad program, so that'll be a good game to watch. And then there's gonna be there's gonna be some good games on September second that Saturday. You have Colorado at TCU, future Big Twelve foes. Um, Rice in Texas. I know I know Rice isn't <laughs> the powerhouse program that um that texas is but still that'll be a, that'll be a good game and then you have west virginia at penn state that's going to be a solid game hopefully hopefully neil brown can can lead the mountaineers to a win at penn state that would be that would be huge 
for them. That'd be a great way to start off the season, but we'll have to see. I mean, Penn State's ranked in the top 10. I want to say they're 7th. I was just looking at it. Yeah, yeah, Penn State's 7th, so that would be that'd be a huge win, but their odds are probably not very great. But yeah, we are we are very 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 close to the start of football season and Greg and I are super excited. We can't start to wait. Oh, wow. We can't wait to start uh breaking down these games, breaking down stats, uh player performances. Honestly, just I hate to put it this way, but the drama of a football season. Greg and I are really really excited for that. And we will let you guys know if there's any news any news that comes up in the next couple of weeks. Everything's kind of calmed down since the four corner schools left the Pac-12 to join the Big 12. Um, but the ACC is potentially um, going to break apart here soon. We'll have to see what happens there. I don't want to start speculating too much because obviously that's not what this podcast is about. We're, we're a non-speculative podcast. <laughs> well, anyways, thank you all for joining me. Um, Greg will be back next week. Uh, you all can grill him on socials and ask him why he wasn't here with me. Um, but I think he had a good reason. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Um, also shoot. I almost forgot to do this. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at around the underscore 12. Uh, please reach out to us. Ask us any questions that you might have. We are always open to doing mailbag questions, especially in the summer, but honestly, the summer's almost over, so we might not need one. Um, Maybe next week we'll do we'll do a preview podcast or the week following. Maybe we'll we'll split up uh, since we have fourteen or we have yeah we have fourteen schools this year. Uh, we might split up and do seven and seven so that next week we cover seven games and then the following week we'll cover another seven games. Uh, just prepping for those and seeing seeing what we think. All right, everybody, thank you for listening. We thank you. We love you. Goodbye. <laughs>